me here. Um, first week um, since Rose has finished up, uh, first Sunday, um, and in the process of realizing all the holes that Rose filled um, at this stage, um, which is an appreciation for Rose, but also, you know, uh, new things, new learning for me, uh, what needs to be done. Uh, so that, 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 I was pretty grumpy today, uh, but then the good stories happened, and I downed the coffee at the same time, so either the good stories revived me or the coffee, who knows, uh, <laughs> we'll find out uh, eventually when I come sleep tonight. Um, also, my sermon's printed on blue paper today, which is, you know, I know. <laughs> yeah. well, that's actually really good. <laughs> Better than James's jokes, anyway. <laughs> so far. Uh, well, tonight I'm, I'm speaking from the lectionary. Um, well, I think I am anyway. I, I don't, actually, I don't think I am actually. <laughs> um, so basically, for the context of people who don't know what the lectionary is, the lectionary is a bunch of list of Bible readings and the Anglican Church moves through um, throughout the world um, and each day, every year, every day for like a three year cycle I think it is, um, they, they go through the Bible um, and have short prayers. We follow this for our evening prayers um, through a lectionary and a lot of Anglican churches will preach from a lectionary occasionally um, and we don't have a theme this week so I thought let's preach from pre- 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 a lectionary. I misread the lectionary, um, and somehow the, the, the verse I got was from yesterday's lectionary verse. Um, my app kind of bugged out. Um, it's a shame we don't have enough Christian app developers. Um, but um, yeah, so, so it kind of bugged out and gave me this verse, which at the end of it, I was like, this is such a hard verse to preach from. And then I looked at today's actual one, I was like, this is way better. I was like, and, so, and so, you know, um, I'll call it God's conviction. Uh, then you guys have to hear. Uh, from, from this part anyway. Today we're going to be talking um, through, speaking from Psalm 69. The, the portion from Psalm 69, which is in the lectionary, is verses 30 to 36, um, which, which reads as follows, so I'm going to read it out. And, yeah, feel free to listen, and, or not, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> Psalm 69, verse 30 to 36. I'll praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox, more than a bull with its horn and hooves. The poor will, be, will see and be glad. You, you who seek God, may your hearts live. The Lord hears the needy and does not despise his captive people. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all that move in them. For God will, re, will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah. Then people will settle there and possess it. Um, yeah, the children of his sons will inherit it and those who love his name will dwell there. Now, that passage doesn't sound too intense, um, I'll admit. Um, in this passage, we hear this beautiful, um, I guess, intense passage of worship where David, uh, the writer of the psalm, gives praise to God, praising God's name and um, glorifying him in thanksgiving and praise and saying that the whole earth and heaven will praise God and, and speak of this hope for his people and hope for, from God for his people. But what struck me with this passage, actually, is that this comes at the end of a really long, really intense psalm, which begins, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I've come to the deep waters, the floods engulf me. I'm worn out from calling for help. My throat's parched, my eyes fail. Those who hate me without reason, I'll number the head of my head. It goes on and on and on about how, how difficult David's life is in this moment. And so the song and thanksgiving, this praise and thanksgiving we hear, the beautiful praise and thanksgiving where he declares all heaven and earth praising God and himself praising God, comes at the end, the final act of a psalm of lamentation. 
comes to the final act of a song of lamentation. It comes after 29 verses of David describing to the Lord his disorientation, his pain, his anger, his frustration, which ultimately culminates in his lifting of his voice to the Lord. So what I felt led to this evening, which is why I put up writing this sermon, despite the fact that um, it was the wrong lectionary day, I want, I want to think about lamentation. Lamentation, something we kind of have to, and sometimes quite badly, at least from my point of view. Um, I want to think of lamentation, not despair, but um, the beautiful, the ancient practice of lamentation. Lamentation is a form of prayer that brings our pain before God. Lamentation, as we see in the Psalms um, by David. Everyone okay with a good a, a, a chat about lamentations? Again, too bad if you don't because it's all written. First and foremost, uh, the beauty of lamentation is encapsulated in who we address the lamentation to. The beauty of the lamentation is addressed in who we address the lamentation to. to. And in these Psalms, God is the recipient, the recipient, the, the, the addressee of the lamentation. Psalm 69 begins, Save me, O God. So lamentations are not simply an act of suffering or feelings of pain, although those are part of it. In a sense, it's not even grieving in that sense, but it's actually an act of prayer, right? It's an act of prayer when we lament, we bring it to God. So we, and turning to God with our lamentation, turning to God with our pain is a choice we have. And by no means is this a default. And for me, I know, I know that when I'm in this space, when I feel these things, it takes me ages, it takes me weeks, it takes some months sometimes to bring them before God. It is a choice. It is a profound choice that we have to how we bring these things. We can sit on it, we can even try to ignore it. But lamentation is the process in which we bring it to God. And I truly believe that when we do this, when we bring it in lamentation, that God sees this as a beautiful offering. That in our pain, our doubt, our suffering, that the choice to turn to God, the choice to turn to God is beautiful. It's profoundly beautiful. Even if we bring it to God in our anger, in our frustration, in our grumpiness as I did today, lamentation is ultimately an act of worship. Lamentation is an act of prayer. So my first point this evening is this, that lamentation is an act of worship where we turn to God with our pain because Christ suffered first. Lamentation is an act of worship where we turn to God with our pain because Christ suffered first. So we see in this passage, David turns to God ultimately as an act of trust. Trust in God's power, but also trust in God's safety, right? It's not, if, if you were to bring these things, you want to bring it to someone who has power, but also someone who is safe. It is the natural re- um, a natural reaction when we grieve um, or feel pain to ignore it, to deny it, to... It can, and sometimes those things, these things bring up feelings of shame, right? And, and David recognizes this himself in Psalm 69. says, You, God, know my folly, my guilt is not hidden from you. But ultimately, through Psalm, while as David wrestles with these emotions, he turns to God. He brings it to God. In verse 16 and 18, he says, Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love and your great mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Deliver me because of my foes. Psalm 4, verse 1, similarly calls out, Answer me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. And, and I argue that we have even greater reason to bring our lamentations to God, to turn, up, to, turn to God in our lamentations, 
And I think that is because of what Christ has done. We are lament with a God who knows our suffering, who knows suffering because Jesus endured it. And this is the central element of what we believe. Hebrews 4 verse 13 states this really clearly. It's the writer says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sensitize with our weakness, but we have one that who in every respect has been tested as we are yet without sin. Jesus God in flesh, Jesus God made human, fully human, takes on not just our bodiliness, but all that makes us human, our emotion, our hunger, our thirst, our fears. And so we don't, we don't serve and disembody God who doesn't know our pain and suffering, but intimately, one that intimately knows what it is to be fully human. Jesus becomes fully human and relates to the messiness and violence of this world and ultimately we can bring to God, we can bring our lamentation, our pain and suffering to God because we serve a God who knows our sorrows and our pain. And so when we do so, when we turn to God in our sorrows and our pain, it's a radical reorientation. A radical reorientation, not from looking down in despair, but rather looking towards God and bringing that pain. And I think this is a really beautiful act of worship. I think that lamentation is such a beautiful act of worship. Because I, I, I thought about this today, and I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about the moments in my life where my friends had brought to me really heavy things, where they sat down with me and said, these, this, these are the things that I feel uh, hard, and things that are, these are the things that I'm struggling through and I'm suffering with. And I, I think, I've been thinking about those moments, and in those moments I feel obviously empathy for that person, but I also feel this profound sense of love towards them, but also this profound sense of, what's how do I put it? Um, like the beauty of someone being able to trust you to bring those things to you, that when you sit in that, you realize that, that someone who can bring those things to you is someone who clearly trusts you and says, I can trust you with my whole being, and I can trust you with my pain, and I can trust you with all of that. And how much more does God love us in this way when we can bring our pain, our suffering, the things that, yeah, that, that anger us, that frustrate us to God in all our being? that it shows at the end of the day, when we turn to God, this trust we have in God. So point one, lamentation is an act of worship where we turn to God without pain because Christ suffered first. And then my second point this evening is that lamentation, there we evening, eh? it's far up, the sun's really bright. <laughs> it's such a not the vibe for lamentation. Like, it's like, kind of needs to be midwinter for this chat. But, um, I'll think about this. Um, but my second point this evening is this, um, that lamentation is an act of intercession. Lamentation is an act of intercession where we bring our complaints to God and ask for God's help because God, God, she is powerful. Lamentation is the act of intercession where we bring our complaints to God and ask for her help because she is powerful. Look, for me, like myself, in kind of questioning, growing, maturing, and our faith, whatever you call that, um, there's been a process of questioning this, um, I guess, faith that I got brought up with, which is kind of a, a genie like God, right? You, um, you have kind of three wishes, you pray, and then you'll be answered. And, um, and of course, when our answers, our prayers don't appear to be answered, this becomes somewhat faith-shattering, and this is uh, obviously a chat for another time. Um, but I think what I realized in this process of maturing, deconstruction, whatever you call it, what I began to realize is that I began to dispower God in my own head and who I believed in. That the God I believed in became less and less and less powerful. And, and then the question then becomes, why do I even pray? Why turn to a God who has no power? 
Yeah, in this passage of Psalm, the Psalms, I reminded that when we lament, when we turn to God, we, we were reminded that we do serve a God of power. David cries out, but I pray to you, Lord, in this time of favor, your great love, answer me with your truth, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mire, do not let me sink, deliver me for those who hate me from the deep waters, do not let the flood waters engulf me, or the death swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Lamentation is an act of recognizing God's power, laying our things before God and asking God to come save us. It's an act of intercession, daring to trust in the hope and power of God. Now, I, I don't think this is a reversion for me back to that kind of genie God understanding of prayer. And I really don't have all the answers to this uh, question of how God answers prayer. Frankly, I'm not sure I ever will. But I do believe in two things. I do believe in two things really truly. One, that God is powerful. And two, that God is good and trustworthy. God is powerful and God is good and trustworthy. And that's enough for me to cry out my petition to God, trusting her eternal goodness and her trustworthiness. As um, a writer, I wrote, I wrote the name, uh, but I don't know who it is. So uh, it's kind of like nondescript. But as a writer I read, uh, once wrote, lament is a cry of relief in a good God. A God who has um, his heart, ear to our hearts. A God who transfigures the ugly into beauty. So even in the psalm, I hear David's cry to God as one who holds a deep sense of disorientation, right? The waters here, the waters that David is sinking in and drowning in in this, in this psalm is one that, um, kind of in the, in the Jewish tradition, um, represents chaos. The, the chaos of the water that um, begins in Genesis 1, right? And that David here is saying drowning in chaos and disorientation, a feeling I know well, and I'm sure others do as well. Um, yet he cries out his complaints, those things to God, and he intercedes and asks God to save him from the mire, to save him from the drowning and the disorientation. He asks for God to intervene. So point one, lamentation is an act of worship where we turn to God with our pain because Christ suffers first. And point two, inter- lamentation is an act of intercession where we bring our complaints to God and ask for God's help because she is powerful. My final point for this evening is this, that lamentation is an act of hope. Lamentation is an act of hope, not despair, which ends with thanksgiving and praise. To be honest, I think this point was made more uh, more clearly by Paul uh, when he came up here and talked about the hope we have in Christ and the story of that. But I'll try my best anyway to... um, do my best. Uh, lamentation is different from despair. Lamentation is different from despair. Because lamentation is an act of hope. Despair says there's nothing left on this road to travel. Um, yet lament says, I'm not there yet, but I hold true to the promises God has given us. Despair is paralyzing, it's debilitating, telling you that you have to face, uh, when you face your pain, your suffering, your grief, there is no hope. That's all you have. You can only give up and give in. Yet lamentation holds on to his hope. Hope in God to keep her promises. Hope in God in her power and her goodness. Despair is a head down cast, looking to the ground, looking down because we're despaired. There's no hope left. But lamentation is a face full of tears, full of grief and pain, but upturned, looking to God, petitioning with her. It is that reorientation we talk about, looking to God. The circumstances have not changed. The circumstances have not changed in either of these situations, but where we are looking to have. The 
circumstances have not changed, but where we look to has. And it's important to distinguish these two things, right? Because lamentation, as I said, is an act of worship in spite of and because of the circumstances. It is an act of the recognition in all ourselves that we are worthy of bringing praise and worship to God in who we are, regardless of what pain, what suffering, what things we are enduring, that we are worthy to come before God's court. Despair, on the other hand, is paralyzing. It says, I can't, I can't worship because there's no hope. Or I can't worship, I'm, I'm, wor- I'm, I'm worthy of bringing praise and worship. But instead, at the very core of the idea of lamentation, it's the very beauty that it is worship itself. <coughs> it is worship despite and because of our pain. And that's why the final act, I think, of David's lamentation ends with thanksgiving and praise. I'll praise the Lord, name of the Lord, glorify him with thanksgiving. This praise, this praise will this will please the Lord more than a knot, more than a bull's horn and hooves. So more, more than any sacrifice to God. Turning to God in his pain is the very action of hope. I've spoken about this a number of times, but there's a brief definition of hope. Um, is that hope is to believe in God, well Christian hope anyway. Hope is to believe in God, that God will fulfill her promises, however improbable or impossible it may look at that time. So it's not based on the circumstances we see around us, which is optimism, but despite that, we hold to hope. And ultimately, lamentation is an act of worship, of hope and trust we have in Jesus. And so the invitation here is to engage with it. When you're feeling a deep sorrow, disorientation, grief, pain, grumpiness at everyone, me say, um, bring it before God. Bring it before God as a God who suffered and knows our pain, as a God who's powerful and trustworthy, as a God who we can place our hope in. And because lamentation is an act of hope, because lamentation is an act of hope, we can bring praise-giving and thanks, praise and thanksgiving to God despite and because of the pain and suffering. And when we can say, like David says in the final verses, that I'll praise God's name in song and glorify him with thanksgiving, that heaven and earth praise him, the seas and all move in them. These aren't voices written in spite of David's pain. They are beautiful sounds of crying to God and worshipping God, but it's because he's lamenting, because and part of his lamentation. Hope is central to lamentation, and it ends with thanksgiving and praise. So my relatively short, relatively short uh, chat tonight, my three points are this. Point one, lamentation is an act of worship where we turn to God with our pain because Christ suffered first. Point two, lamentation is an act of intercession where we bring our complaints to God and ask God's help because she is powerful. And point three, that lamentation is an act of hope and not despair, and it ends with praise and thanksgiving.